It's trade season and nothing gets us more excited than juicy rumors and reports about the Milwaukee Bucks. Jay Crowder potentially has the Bucks at the top of his list. The Bucks and Jay Crowder have met. What would a trade look like? We are going to discuss this. And then where would it leave the state of the Bucks roster? We are around a week away from the trade deadline. Things are starting to heat up. So let's talk Jay Crowder on the Bucks. Max him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. find my work over at ESPN and uh, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook official sportsbook of Locked On make every moment more visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started we'll have a bit more about FanDuel in just a little bit because it is Super Bowl week or Super Bowl fortnight and we've got some deals there so stick around for that later in the podcast of course we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first watch or first listen of every single day uh, make sure you subscribe on the audio platform. Definitely do so on the YouTube platform because YouTube is where all the fun's being had in the comment section in particular. Make sure you turn notifications on and you will know when we drop our latest episode. You can jump in, you can get in the comments. And for today's show, you can absolutely let me know what you think about the latest rumors and reports when it comes to Jay Crowder potentially getting to the Bucks. We have heard rumors about this all season long. Maybe... We are about to get some movement here as the February 9 trade deadline continues to draw closer. Uh, just some other stuff. The Bucks have the Charlotte Hornets tomorrow or Tuesday night as you're watching or listening to this podcast in the US. And I mentioned this on yesterday's podcast, but the Bucks actually have some business to take care of here in this game. A couple of weeks back, they were smacked around by the Hornets, 138 to 109. And the Bucks were actually healthy. The only player that wasn't really playing in that game was Chris Milton. Giannis only scored nine points, so we know Giannis coming off the 50-point game. You feel like he is going to have revenge on his mind and he might score a few points in this game. As far as the injury report goes, Giannis is listed as probable to play with that right knee soreness. This isn't going away. Going to go away. This is going to be something that's going to be there uh, for a while now. We think Marjan Bochamp probable with... Uh, what, what does that say? Uh, the right patella tendonitis. So we've seen that a little bit with Bochamp. Then Serge Barker and Bobby Portis out. Serge Barker about to come up in this podcast. So stand by for that. But we do have some news. Giannis named the Eastern Conference Player of the Week. All Giannis did across these four games is average 38.3 points, 12.8 rebounds, and 4.5 assists. So not a huge surprise that Giannis picks up the Eastern Conference Player of the Week. And back-to-back, nominations for the Bucks with Drew Holiday last week, which brings me to a tweet that I saw from Paul Henning, who is a good man that I've hung out a number of times with in Milwaukee. And there was a tweet, first of all, from Van Fayaz, who said, this is the third time in history the Bucks have had back-to-back East player of the weeks. Who did it most recently? Drew Gooden and Ersan Ilyasova in 2012. Before that, it was Michael Redd and Mo Williams in 2006. 
But the Drew Good and Ersan Ilyasova back-to-back player of the weeks is hilarious. But what did they do in those weeks? I had a look at the numbers, and there was some serious, serious stuff here. Drew Gooden, way back in 2012, as we said, in three games, averaged 18 points, 9.7 rebounds, and eight assists. He had a triple-double in there, a couple of double-doubles as well. So big numbers for Drew Gooden. And Ersan Ilyasova went even more ballistic. He averaged 25 points and 11 rebounds per game, shooting 63% from the field, 67% from behind the arc, and 90% from the free throw line. So Ursan just dishing out the 63-67-90 shooting splits in one week back in 2012. So anyway, nice bit of trivia there for the Bucks And uh, Giannis, as we know, coming off that 50-point game, much deserved Eastern, Eastern Conference Player of the Week. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if he can continue this vein of form, which came on the back of him missing those five games. We were wondering, you know, how is Giannis feeling? How is he going to progress? Where does he stand in the MVP race? If he keeps playing like this, he's going to be right back in the MVP race. And the Philadelphia 76ers lost to the Orlando Magic tonight, which means the Bucs are clear in the second seed in the East. So you want to beat this Hornets team, continue to roll with Chris Middleton back in the lineup. They're 4-0 so far. Make it 5-0 in this stretch since Chris Middleton's come back. And just keep chalking up these wins in the lead up to the deadline. So let's not bury the lead any more than I already have in this podcast. And let's get to the latest report we got from Sham Sharania today. It's on FanDuel TV. FanDuel, great sponsor of Locked On Bucks. But Shams has said that the Suns gave the Bucks permission to speak with Jay Crowder, remembering that Jay Crowder is at home. He hasn't really been with the Phoenix Suns all season long. So we don't know what kind of shape he's in. We don't know what he looks like. We don't know what he can contribute. But the offer or the reported offer from Sharps when it comes to the Bucks and the Phoenix Suns, George Hill, Jordan Wara, Serge Ibaka, and a collection of second round picks. So before we go into this anymore, let's just have a look at the second round picks that the Bucks actually have on offer. And we have to thank our great friend, Eric Name, for this, who had a trade deadline primer a couple of weeks ago. So the second round picks that the Bucks currently own, 2023, their own pick, that's going to be probably pick 25 or, uh, sorry, it's going to be a very late pick, sort of 45 or above at least, maybe in the 50s. They have the worst second round pick between the Cavs and Warriors this year. Both teams, certainly the Cavs, the Warriors, maybe they'll pick it up. But you would think that at the moment, that's looking like a Cavs pick, which will be 45 plus again, probably. They're 2024 own. We think the Bucs are going to be good. Then they have the 2024 Blazers pick. Might be decent. 2025 Pacers pick, who knows? And they've got their own second round picks from 2027 to 2029. But the point being, I don't think that they're picks that we should be getting too carried away about. You can pick up second round picks. You can trade for second round picks. John Horst has done a pretty good job of collecting these seconds. He's used them in the past for deals. We've spoken about you know, potentially putting Grayson Allen in this trade for Jay Crowder. We've spoken about you potentially using a 2029 first round pick for different guys that the Bucs could pick up. I think that's scary. But if you're telling me straight up, and we're going to dive into this a little bit more, but if you're telling me straight up that you give up those three guys, George Hill, Jordan Wara, Serge Ibaka, and just some seconds, I, I mean, I, you're not going to hear me complain about this deal. I have assumed that to get Jay Crowder, they probably needed to put in Grayson Allen. Maybe there was something more valuable the Suns were looking for. I don't think the Suns are in a great spot with the value of Jay Crowder, just based on the fact that he hasn't been there. He's been at home. So I think on the surface, and I want to get into this much more, but I think on the surface, 
if you're the Bucks and this is all it takes to get Jay Crowder, I absolutely think it's worth having a swing. But before we dive into it more, let's talk about our friends and sponsor of the podcast, FanDuel. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. That's FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bet in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. So I was just perusing the website. I, I get sucked into different things like... Is the coin toss result going to be heads or tails? Minus 104 for both. Tails never fails. I'm not 100% sure. Will the opening kickoff be a touchback? Minus 176 says yes. Plus 138 says no. But there's lots of fun bets that you can find on the FanDuel website. Will any player have a 60-plus yard reception? Probably, won't they? I don't know. Plus 300 you can get for that. So there is endless lines, endless props that you can find on the FanDuel Sportsbook. So you should... Go and check it out. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and easy to use. And best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at fanduel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. And of course, the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, so when it comes to Jay Crowder, I I think one of the reasons I've pushed back on the idea of trading Jay Crowder or trading Grayson Allen for Jay Crowder, first of all, at the start of the season, I just wanted to wait until we got closer to the deadline. I wanted to get a good look at this team when they're playing with most of their guys. I wanted to know whether Joe Ingles looks like a guy that can really play for this team. In my opinion, so far he does. And I wanted to give Grayson Allen a chance to see what he looks like this season. And I think he's had a pretty good season. I would be hesitant to trade Grayson Allen for Jay Crowder, who is a guy that is going to be wanting to play positions where the Bucs have lots of bodies. Now, is there still a question mark over Chris Milton? Sure. But if Chris Milton's not there, I don't think you're feeling good about Jay Crowder being the replacement. The interesting thing with Jay Crowder is where is he at physically? Last year, he started 67 games on the team in the regular season that had the best record in the NBA. He shot 34% from three, which wasn't great. That dropped to 30% in the postseason. And I think Bucks fans have seen enough of Jay Crowder to know he's a streaky shooter and he really doesn't do anything else offensively. So what you're putting him in this lineup for or on this roster for is defensive insurance and another guy that has strength, Size, he's 6'6", so he's not as big as Middleton. He's not as big as um, Joe Ingles. He's, you know, Wes Matthews' size, a little bit bigger. And a similar player to Wes in terms of the strength and a little bit of versatility they can have. But the interesting thing when looking at Jay, when people say, okay, well, it can can diversify different lineups that you can use. He spent 97% of his minutes at the four last year and 98% the year before that. So he's basically been strictly a four. Yeah, does that allow you to play Giannis at the five? Yeah, it, it probably does. But the Bucs do have guys like Wes, like Chris, like Joe Ingles, Pat Connaughton, more of a two. But they have got a lot of bodies there. 
So I guess my theory through all the season was is do not give up a valuable player like Grayson Allen, who is is a good NBA player for a guy that I don't really know what his role is. And if the Bucks trade for Jay Crowder, I still don't really know what his role is. Maybe later in the postseason, if you do get to a series against the Boston Celtics, I can see it because maybe Grayson Allen isn't a guy that plays major minutes in that series. So then you have an extra body for the Brown, the Tatum, those types of matchups. I can buy that. And I think that you are well served to try and build the depth against teams like that that are just naturally bigger. And the Celtics are a big team. And we saw last year that it was problematic for the Bucs. So I like it for that matchup. And I also just like it because, as I mentioned, I think George Hill's been fine this year. But I don't think he's the difference between winning the title. I don't think you're going to look back and say, gee, trading George Hill was the difference. And he's probably the best player out of the three. Jordan Moore has some actual upside. And we discussed why did the Bucs sign Jordan Moore? Why did they give him a two-year deal? I don't know. But the Bucs don't have many young assets. And I'm curious because Jordan Moore, if we remember, it was the last second signing before the start of the season. Did John Horst and the Bucks sit back and say, well, we've got a roster spot. That's playing through the start of the season. And he's actually a young player that has an NBA skill as a scorer. And there might be a team out there that sees him as a bit of an upside guy. I don't know whether that's why they decided to bring him in or maybe they did believe that he could be a rotation player. I didn't really see it. And we've seen when Jordan Moore has played and I don't think it's totally his fault. Some of the matchups have been difficult. Some of the lineups have been difficult, but he can score. So as sort of a a throw-in salary filler guy, he's the high upside guy with this Serge Ibaka situation and George Hill. War is the one. And then you give some second round picks and maybe the Suns think they can flip some of those seconds for another deal. But we've seen in the past that the Bucs have been able to use second-round picks to get a deal done. I see people sometimes talk about the 2019 Bucs team in the Nico Miritich trade that you know ultimately didn't work out for the Bucs. Miritich did not play well. But I will forever look at that trade as a really nice piece of work by John Horst. I thought it was a great trade. I thought on trade deadline day, the Bucs made a significant move to improve their roster for that season and help them win a title. If you remember, Miritich had that untimely hand injury, missed a significant stretch of time into the postseason, and then just never figured it out after that. But all the Bucks had to do for that trade was give up Thon Maker, who won it out anyway, Jason Smith, and four second-round picks. So I guess the question I've got for the viewers and the question I've got for the listeners today, if this is the deal that's on the table, and it's Hill, Abaka, Wara, and let's say three seconds... Maybe four. We know teams are throwing around draft picks like crazy right now. Is this a trade that you would absolutely get done right now and feel comfortable about? I've got to be honest. There's no guarantee with Jay Crowder. As I said, he's been away from the team. Will he be happy? Is there a role? Not a guaranteed role. It's not like the PJ Tucker situation where you just figured straight away that he was going to plug in and could be a serious every night player. I don't think that it's a lock like that. If you look at someone like Joe Ingles, who at the moment has split his... And it's been a short period of time, to be fair. But Joe Ingles has split his minutes 50-50 between the three and the four. Like, Crowder might be a better defender. I, I 
yeah, I'm not going to compare Jay Crowder to PJ Tucker because those two, to me, are just not comparable in terms of defensive players. Jay Crowder is more just a physical body. I, I don't look at him as a lockdown guy. I don't think he's really going to lock down, you know, a Tatum or anything like that. Like uh, that's, uh, I hope I'm proven wrong if the Bucks get him. Trust me. But he, I, he's not a PJ Tucker replacement. He's just another body to me. And straight up, Joe Ingles just does a hell of a lot more for this offense, for this team, in terms of what they can run. Is Crowder a better defender at this point? Probably. So I like the fact that you've got options, but I think there will be times where you're like, well, we don't really need to play Jay Crowder tonight. So is he going to be happy about that? And what do the Bucks tell him? So he's like, okay, yeah, I want to play in Milwaukee. I'm fascinated about those conversations and I'm fascinated about how they get this deal done because I don't really look at that package back for the Suns. As I said, maybe the second round picks are valuable. I don't know. I don't, I don't really... I don't look at that and think that this is a deal they love. I don't think they need Serge Barker all that much. They've got DeAndre Ayton, Jock Landau, my my Aussie friend who's played some good basketball, Bismack Biombo, another big man, so they don't need a Barker. Would Hill play? Maybe. But I don't think this is a home run trade, particularly when you've heard some of the rumors through the year of what the, the Suns might want for Jay Crowder. So I'm fascinated. It's not the deal I wanted. But when it comes back to, or the, not, not the deal I expected, I should say, but when it comes back to Grayson Allen, I, I just think the Bucks, you know, at the guard spot and a guy that can just knock down shots. I think the Bucks would love to have Grayson Allen around for the postseason. I really do. He might not be a guy that plays every single series. There might be matchups where he plays less. But there is still value to a guy like Grayson Allen who was really, really, really damn good against the Chicago Bulls almost in a Bryn Forbes way that he was really, really, really good against Miami in the championship year. And then maybe he's used sporadically for the rest of the postseason. But if you've got a guy deep in your rotation that can win you, help win you a couple of postseason games, that's really, really valuable. Or maybe there's another deal out there for Grayson Allen. I don't know. But if you can keep Grayson Allen and add Jay Crowder, that's something I can get around. The other thing I want to talk about is what this does for the roster situation for the Bucks. So I'm going to get to that in just a second because maybe if you're training three guys for one, you're going to have roster spots. I want to talk about that next. So if the Bucks go for a three-for-one deal, at the moment they've got 15 roster spots locked up. So they would have a couple of roster spots open. Now there is talk about the buyout market and I love it. I don't think that we've seen too many buyout guys that have been huge different makers for teams. But having the option to add another veteran would be nice. We've seen the Bucks, Marvin Williams, one of those guys in previous years. So I like the idea of having the roster spot open at that time of the year. It's close to the postseason. The Bucks have got a pretty deep rotation. One guy that's been at least thrown out there is Will Barton who has kind of been pushed out of the rotation a little bit in Washington, but he has played 38 games this year. 20 minutes per game in those. Gets you 7.5, two rebounds, two assists. He shot 37.4% from three, though. He is 32 years old, so I guess he kind of aged quicker than I thought. I didn't think he was that old, but he's 32. But he's a 6'6 guy again. I know there's been talk about, you know, Alec Burks in Detroit, which would probably require... Grayson Allen, particularly if you do this other, you know, Jay Crowder stuff. But if you could pick up Will Barton on the buyout market, that would be great. So if you 
theoretically, we're able to get this Jay Crowder deal done. You have Will Barton added as a buyout guy. And this is a perfect world. This might not happen. But it's just an option. And then we'll see. It looks like it could be a pretty tame buyout market for the Bucks or across the league, we should say, as well. It doesn't seem like there's going to be a lot of names out there. Rashawn Holmes was another guy that's been reported. I think Mark Stein might have said that. But I think that one's been knocked on the head. That doesn't look like something that is going to happen. But we'll wait and see. But I like the flexibility of having a roster spot open. I always like that. And then if you had one other spot, at least something that I would just consider, and I don't think it's something that would turn into a guy that is playing every single night or something like that. But I would at least consider putting Mamu on a full contract because we know if you're getting rid of Serge Ibaka, you're not bringing in another five. And what is Mamu in the NBA yet? I don't think it's totally clear. But he's at least a high-energy guy, rebounds well, can shoot it a little bit. If there was a big body you could bring in as a true five, maybe you would consider it. But I don't I don't know. I look at the series against particularly Philadelphia, and you say, okay, well, if you've only got one center on the roster, one traditional center, you're going up against Joel Embiid. What happens if Brook Lopez gets in foul trouble? The answer is you're probably in trouble because I don't think anyone, a free agent or anyone on the buyout market is going to save you in those situations. Rashawn Holmes would be nice. But yeah, would it hurt at all to use that last roster spot on, a, on at least a big that's played? And I think he's more of a four than a five, but maybe Mamu gets a full roster spot. So it's fascinating, but I want to hear what all our listeners and viewers think about this Jay Crowder situation today, because it is, it is really interesting. And I didn't think it was necessarily going to be the case that this would be the deal that could get it done, but I'm curious. I'm curious to see. And as I mentioned a few times, I was very surprised when the Bucks were able to pick up PJ Tucker that helped them win a title. I didn't think that they had enough to get that deal done, but they did it. Maybe John Horst has got something here that the Bucks can do and help them on the road to a title again. As I said, they're second in the Eastern Conference right now. They've got the Charlotte Hornets tonight, tomorrow, whenever you're listening to this. Hopefully they can keep their winning streak going and extend that to five. They're starting to play some good basketball. The offense is starting to look look good. So I'm excited for this game tomorrow against Charlotte. So make sure you also check out the Locked On Game to Game podcast. You can get all the game recaps from across the league in 60 seconds. It's a nice way to to catch up on everything going on around the league. Because sometimes, I mean, I find it hard to keep up. And the Locked On hosts will have you covered there. As I said, jump on YouTube, subscribe on the audio platform or on YouTube. Hit notifications so you know when we drop our shows. And particularly today, I know there's going to be lots of comments about this Jay Crowder stuff. So make sure you jump on and let me know what you think about this report and this rumor. And then we will be back tomorrow after the Bucks and the Hornets.